when the day comes, I don't want to be focused on anything besides him. So make the flowers perfect. And if they're not, you'll hear about it tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he says that now, but we're going to need to convince him of that on the wedding day that he needs to relax. <laughs> Welcome to Love These Days by Pop Sugar, a brand new podcast sponsored by Crate and Barrel Wedding Registry that tackles all the ways the last year has changed relationships, because it's safe to say a lot has changed. I'm Jenna Ashkowitz. And I'm her fiance and co-host, David Stanley. And this week, we're tackling a topic we know a little something about, planning a wedding during a pandemic. It's a subject I wish I knew a little less about, honestly. Ugh, me too. Well, that's why I'm excited to hear from people who are going through the same thing. I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about. Let's jump in. Our first guests today are another engaged couple. Mike Van Riekum and PK Creedon met on Tinder seven years ago and got engaged in 2020. Hey, another online dating success story. I know. We have so much in common already. They're currently planning their wedding for 2022 in Southern California. More similarities. And you all are in luck because we have not just two, but three incredible guests this episode. That's right. Stay tuned after the break for a bonus guest who's going to give us some advice on how to deal with a post-COVID wedding. So don't forget to subscribe and share with anyone who needs to hear this. This episode of Love These Days by Pop Sugar is sponsored by Crate and Barrel Wedding Registry. Pots and pans, cooking and cabernet, Sundays and sleeping in. Make your home undeniably yours with a Crate and Barrel Registry. Mike, PK, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We are so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. Um, just for our listeners and for us as well, who's Mike? I'm, I'm waving like you can see me. Hi, I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike. And PK? Hello, hello. This is PK. We're getting married in 2022. Amazing. Oh, we are so excited to have you guys. When did you guys get engaged? I, I'll start um, just because I was the one that popped the question, I guess, in a gay relationship. But that's always the one of the questions we get is who proposed to who? Um, we always said both of us would propose, but I guess I was the one that that did it first. So we um, we got engaged back in August um, in wine country. And I guess, Mike, I'll let you say if you were surprised or not. Um I was oblivious to the world as it was happening. I was it had no clue whatsoever it was happening. Wow. That's amazing. Well, first of all, one country, you're speaking our language. Uh, <laughs> we are if, obsessed. If I could have had another proposal, I would have made him do it in, in wine country. And I think you would have done that in wine country, David. We had many mental proposals that we did to <laughs> in wine country, so we're super jealous. Yeah, um, when you're when you're planning the proposal, I mean, there's so many different options that go through. But because of the pandemic, I was actually going to propose back in January uh, on like a mountain because we love skiing and snowboarding. But oh that God. got botched because of the pandemic, so I had to go to I had to switch gears and plan something else. Wow. Wait, so tell us more. Tell us more about the backstory here. How did it happen? Was it like? Was it, uh, what was the story behind uh, the specifics? So it was actually, I'm t I turned 30 this year. Um, and big year, it, big year. Yeah, big year. <laughs> and uh, it was the week before my birthday. And I told, I, I really do not like celebrating my birthday. I'm not one of those people that wants to do a big bash. And PK was like, oh, let's go, you know, get a little Airbnb with some friends and just spend the weekend uh, out in wine country. I was like, that sounds awesome. So uh, we load up the car and, uh, I am pretty meticulous and I when I leave at the car's packed and everything's ready to go, I'm ready to just get there. And PK stopped like six times along the way because he's like, well, <laughs> we need to go to the bathroom, we need water, blah, blah, blah. We get close and we pull. And I always I like to drive and we pull off and PK's like, oh, I actually feel like driving. Um, and I don't want you to see the front of the house that we're staying at. I want you to see the back of the house because the view is stunning. And 
he's like, so I want you to put this blindfold on. So I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, that makes total sense. And <laughs> we pull up, he walks me through and, and per- does this perfect exchange with like our friends that are there. He hands the dog off. He grabs the ring from someone, walks me to the back of the house and I take the blindfold off and it's a stunning view. And I turn and look and I see like flowers arrangements all on the ground. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I turn to look at him and he's on one knee and I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I said yes before he even asked. <laughs> yeah. He literally cut me off and I was like, hey, I'm not done asking you. Can you please slow down? <laughs> <laughs> My goal was to make sure I said yes before I put the ring on. <laughs> the diamond is very, you know, it's very distracting. <laughs> well, his wasn't as distracting. I didn't trust myself with any diamond ring. So I got him a rubber Seahawks ring because he's a big Seahawks fan. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Yep. I can totally relate to that. It's like when when you actually pull out the ring, there's this moment of total awesome awkwardness where the person like wants to say yes, but you've got to get through your thing. Right. Although yours was short and sweet. I just kept thinking, don't forget what he said. Don't forget what he said. Because everybody's like, you'll just black out. And I was like, I kind of knew it was coming, but not in that very moment. Um, And so my brain was like, okay, Jenna, just remember what he says. Couldn't remember a thing. Yeah, I have no idea what he said. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what I said. Someone had it on video and I was like, oh, wow, I'm impressed with myself. That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good question. <laughs> All right. So now we're in wedding planning. Yes, we're in wedding planning. Yes. We're Very, in the trenches. Yes. Uh, we're with you. We're right there with you. Um, <laughs> tell us about where you guys are in the process and like, have you found your venue and a date? Yeah, a lot. I mean, one, there's so much more that goes into a wedding and you don't realize it until you start touring venues and they're asking questions that you Mm -hmm. have zero answers to. And I'm like, this is just overwhelming. Um, But somehow in a matter of a couple months, we do have a date. We have a venue. We have like the locations locked in and and we may be a little bit ahead of y'all, but we we actually have our guest list pretty finalized, which we're (sighs) super, super excited about. That's that a really, amazing. that's a huge win right there. <laughs> that's a huge win. Well, we also have a year, so let's not like, it's not, it's finalized, but it's also, it, things will change. Yeah, so you guys can share with us or don't mind where, when, what, what's the plan in the pandemic planning? It is a June wedding and it's going to be, it's going to be in Temecula. And uh, yeah, we're like beyond excited about it. We, we've officially put the deposit down, which was a moment of like, like we're looking at each other as we're, as we're depositing. We're like, okay, we're really doing this. We're really doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 We yeah. have, um, we were very lucky with our, our wedding planners that like all the questions that you were talking about were like, we just looked to them. We're like, so, uh, Cynthia, Evelyn, what do you, what do you have to say? <laughs> uh, so they've made it very easy for us, which we're very lucky, but, um, I wanted, I'm curious, like what you guys learned in the process of like locking everything in and, and all the bits and pieces that you didn't think about. Well, first and foremost, I would ask for a glass of champagne because you're about to spend a lot of money on a property. And there were some places that didn't offer it. And I was like, no, I'm going to ask. Like, I'm I'm considering you as a wedding vendor. And besides that, I would say really just asking the person showing you around some of those tough questions. Don't use the word like, do you guys have? Use the words, is this included in the price you quoted me? Because (laughs) as as we walked through everything, they were like, you can do this and that. And then I was like, wait, that's included? Like surprisingly shocked. Like, oh no, that's not included. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going to cross that off the list of things that we, mm. that we need then. That's a good tip. And, and I will say too, like just in terms of 
making the the venue your own was something that we really wanted to do. And so many times it just felt like they were trying to fit us into their box. So yeah. the venue that we ended up choosing was just so, so flexible. They said, if you want yard games, if you want to have, you know, um, a musician during uh, cocktail hour, and, and they told us the questions that we should ask other venues, which really just from the beginning built such a strong relationship that we felt like we were working with a close friend through the process. And I think that the the person showing you the venue has such an impact on your decision. And I think that sometimes goes underestimated. And flexibility for us was the name of the game too. The venue that we ultimately went with was really the most flexible one, both design wise. And financially. Uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. You really have to like imagine yourself in the day, like what, what that is and like go in with some idea of what you want it to feel like. It doesn't have to be what you want it to look like because each venue is going to be completely different. But, you know, we went in with an idea of like what we wanted the day to feel like so that we could imagine it while we were in each venue. It's pretty crazy how, I mean, I'm sure you guys felt the same thing. Like you go to some, tour some venues and you have to remind yourself, you're like, hold on, uh, this is my day. This isn't your day. Like stop trying to make right. my wedding your wedding. <laughs> totally. It's it's interesting. We, we had like very clear um, yeses and noes as well. And like the, the one that we chose was like the clear front runner and the clear oh. winner um, to both of us, which uh, our wedding planners were like, you know, they really like kept their poker faces on because they didn't want like you said, to make it feel like this is their wedding, they really like wanted us to focus on like which venue felt the best for us. Was that similar or different for the two of you in terms of intuition on one place versus kind of debating between a few? Actually, the one we chose was the first one we went to. Out of we look, we looked at eleven though. It's important to yeah. say that we oh, did look at eleven. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, so we wow. started with fifteen, and then as we like. We, pl we planned out a whole week uh, where we were like, okay, we're just going to dedicate ourselves to this. And after scheduling everything, we're like, okay, so we can't do 15 tours in one week. So let's make that 11. And uh, then we didn't narrow it down much more though. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Was, I, kudos to you guys. How many did we look at, babe? Five? Four? Four. Four. We looked at four and it was our first one as well. Yeah, it, it was. And we kind of we wanted to make sure that we weren't comparing everything to it. You know, like you get in that you, you kind of like every time you get in the car after the tour, you're like, oh, like, are we just are we just so sold on the first one that we're not giving anyone else a chance? But we definitely made the right choice. Yeah. And that's one of the like a piece of advice I have is when you're when you're looking at venues too before you go tour them because we knew right away as soon as we stepped on or started asking questions that the venue was not the right fit for us. So do yourself a favor and stalk them online and see like because you can answer questions. It, we we ended up getting married at a winery, right? So like hard alcohol um, mm. was was an issue, and we didn't we didn't think about that prior. It wasn't something that was even on our radar. We just assumed that all wedding venues would offer hard alcohol, but that's not the case. And then there's parking, there's noise ordinances, there's you know is gratuities included in the facility fee. Uh, there's so many different questions about rental equipment, linens, like what's included. And a lot of that's on the website. So save yourself a trip and make sure that you guys make a list of the must haves and then start checking off the venues that don't have everything because that'll help you narrow it down when it actually mm -hmm. comes to touring the venues. Mm -hmm. That makes complete sense. You mentioned getting married, not this year, 2021, but next year, 2022. So real talk, uh, has the pandemic affected uh, having a longer engagement? Or are you guys always planning on getting married uh, in 2022? I'll answer that one. We we didn't choose 2022 for any reason. We honestly, when we sat down and we talked about it, it was like we knew it was just going to be super competitive because everyone from 2020 wants to get married. You know, they had to push their weddings off, and then yep. Yep. everyone that you know is getting engaged now would be trying for 2021. So it's like let's just not deal with that added stress and let's let's look at 2022 and. 
hopefully things are a little more calm by then. So and we were completely open with the date too. We weren't even sold on the month yet. What we did when we were looking at all the venues is we asked every person like, hey, when would you get married? And that's how we ultimately landed on June uh, for the location that we're getting married, just because every single person kind of had their own two cents. And I think asking those questions was helpful rather than us coming in and being like, do you have this date available? What about the guest list? Were you in agreement about big, small, medium? How did you guys decide? So we've been together, gosh, almost like seven years now. So it has been a long time coming. We're looking at about 130 as the final number. So I feel like that's relatively middle of the road for some weddings, maybe a little bit on the bigger side. Um, but we really wanted to, I guess, a piece of advice I have for people planning. One of our friends told us, invite people who are going to hold you accountable to the vows that you share with each other at the altar. And that's kind of the stance that we've taken when we're going through and figuring, is this someone that we just really like? Or is this someone that, you know, is a yeah. part of our lives that we can't not have them at the wedding? That's a really, that's really great I advice. I love that. We, we got similar advice as well from a couple who was married who said like, you know, make sure that it's people that you will keep in your life, you know, as you, as you grow, right? But it was most important to have the people in our lives who were there while we were like growing our relationship up to the engagement. So that was really exciting. I think the key word there is they're not just attendees, but they're witnesses. Right? There are people who are going right. to help you reinforce your vows, the people who are going to be your village to support you through the journey of marriage. And so I think I, I love that notion because I think it really, mm -hmm. um, it's right. Have you all had to make cuts because of the pandemic? Like has the venue said, hey, we're limiting the number of guests or anything like that? I mean, ultimately, the comfortable capacity of the venue that we're getting married in for dinner is 100 people, 110, 100. So pandemic willing. Right. Yeah. That's really what we wanted in terms of intimacy for the wedding as well, to be able to like see our guests. And, you know, we may, we're not going to have 30 minute conversations with anybody, but to be able to actually like hug everybody, which I'm really looking forward to hugging people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have a number of different guest list counts. So we have the 25 person version, we have the 50 person version, and then we've got the 100 person version because, you know, we have no idea what the next six to nine months will bring. So flexibility should be a part of wedding planning. And I feel like a lot of people forget that. But especially during the pandemic, we went in really unsure of a date as well. We kind of knew a season, but we weren't really sure. And we knew we'd be contesting a lot of weddings that we're pushing from, you know, this previous year. But ultimately, when we found our venue we and we asked them like what available dates were, a lot of them were Fridays because a lot of all the Saturdays they had been like kind of swooped up already. But then this Saturday popped up in a different month, totally different season. Yep. And we were like, let's do it. So after much mulling, we actually decided to do the Saturday in a totally different season, which we're totally stoked about. Oh, I love but it. But we have no idea if it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea, which is fine. It's it's all going to be, it's going to be great no matter what. I have one other question about the guest list. <laughs> <laughs> we're just now we're like in it. We're like. As you're like putting stamps right now on. <laughs> <laughs> Did the two of you have entire decision-making rights over the guest list? Or did you give anybody else, family, friends, you know, other people involved, any say uh, or let them weigh in uh, or give strong advice in certain areas, parents, otherwise? It was 100% us. We didn't. It, our theme is that this is our day and it's 100% our day. I think there will be some people that are surprised to a degree that they may not have made the, the guest list. But the reality is, is we're fortunate to be in a position where we're putting this wedding on ourselves. So we didn't feel 
the the totally. need to ask yeah. other people for for their input because it's it really is to Mike's point like it is our day and it's something that you know we're focused on it's mm-hmm. a big investment for us and we want to make sure that everyone there is um is who yeah. is who we want there for that day yeah and we want good dancers too we want exactly people that get on the dance floor and dance <laughs> Let's that was, skip the ceremony <laughs> that was part of the the qualifications to be yes. a guest at our wedding that's right that's do right. they dance Good wine, good dance floor. <laughs> well, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Is the, is the dog going to be in the wedding? Well, our dog's name is Bear. So we're thinking that he's going to be the ring bearer. Oh, oh I, I'm obsessed. Yeah, he's it. definitely going to be in the wedding somehow. I'm just scared that he's going to drag our little, um, my little nephew, like down the aisle because he's Probably so will, powerful. Which would be, you know, but who doesn't want a French bulldog in a tuxedo? That's I mean, what I'm saying. <laughs> So what has been your biggest learning curve so far in the wedding planning? Yeah, I think the best advice we've gotten are from friends who have already gotten married. I mean, the amount of resources that they have, we got full on Google Docs and spreadsheets that we just have to fill out now. It had, you know, how is the procession going to work? Who like, here's how you vet venues. Here's how you, you know, keep track of all of your guests and the associated addresses and emails. I mean, we're so fortunate to have people in our lives that have just sent us this material that I feel like it's like we're just making it our own and filling it out now. So I guess advice would be reaching out to friends that have already gotten married and, and take their advice. And when it came time to planning, I feel like we had a really good foundation of what we wanted. Mm. And I love it's like you're don't reinvent the wheel in terms of resources and tools that can actually help you do the planning. Yeah. I mean, I, Mike said at one time, he was like, if you want cupcakes instead of a cake, have cupcakes instead of a cake. I mean, it's your day. I think we're going to have like donuts and cinnamon rolls, but it's your wedding. So just do what you want. <laughs> we're doing pies. Oh, what? I love that. Little pies. Um, was there anything that you wish you knew going in? I mean, we're uh, still at the infancy of our planning, but this is actually a lot of fun. I mean, listen, it's a daunting task. You know, you're dealing with a lot of logistics. You're dealing with a lot of different people. And, but at the end of the day, like, you know, we lay down in bed together and we just look at each other and I'm like, I just can't wait to get married to you. And I'm just so excited. I love you. <laughs> I love you. But it's everyone we care about. We want to just have a good time. And you got to take a step back sometimes and take a deep breath and be like, this is going to be a beautiful day. And that's what we're working towards. And planning is supposed to be fun. That's advice that I've gotten from friends and family. David's smiling at me right now because... Our um, officiant actually was the one who gave him advice that was like everything that you do going in from picking the ring to proposing like this should we have to find the fun in this because it can get stressful and it has gotten stressful for us at at times, but um, mostly fun and mostly just really trying to remember that like my motto is like it's all the days after the wedding is just the first day of the rest of your life. So like whether we have 10 people there, two people there or a hundred people there, it doesn't matter as long as, you know, the two of us are aligned in, in all of it. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, I would just say too, like there's been such fun in the co-creation of our wedding, right. Um, From picking, like (laughs) I, I actually asked Jenna um, if she wanted to go ring shopping before I asked her officially if we wanted to get married. And for us, it was a really joyful giddy, fun, exciting process of actually picking out a ring and designing one together. So I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's magical. We, what we, what we have as a, as a couple, I mean, we are a partnership in so many different ways and I'm just so lucky to call him my partner, my friend, my lover. And it's just that that's what matters at the end of the day. The wedding is a single day in the rest of our lives. And as long as we have each other, I mean, I'm going to be smiling ear to ear to no matter what. 
Um, I'm curious without giving away too many details. I know you guys are kind of early, in early stages. Is there is there any like tradition you're going to follow or anything that like you've talked about before you got engaged that you're like, oh, we're definitely having this at the wedding? Well, jokingly, I guess there's nothing traditional about a gay wedding. So we, <laughs> we, we are we are really making this our own. Uh, like I don't little things like a cake cutting, like we're not going to have a cake. So we're not going to have a cake cutting. You know, we're not even we're just having um, uh, family stand up on both of our sides. We're not doing a big groom's party. I don't I don't even think we're going to do a bachelor party because we have a lot of the same friends. So right. I don't know if we would do a joint one. I, we haven't really discussed that yet. But, but yeah, it's it's been different. Join sounds fun. I don't think we have any real traditions. We have family flower girls. We have um, family standing with us. That's it. Are you guys going to see each other on the day of the wedding and do a first look? Are you guys going to have it be a surprise? What's the point? Well, are you going so, to stay together the night before? What's the deal? Uh, we haven't talked about the night before yet, but we've definitely like I was uh, I I get my strength from him and like he, did, he didn't want to do a first look. He yeah. wanted to get ready together. I just want to get ready together because I'm like, I just don't like being like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like quarantine has made me like 10 times more clingy, but I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't want to be away from you. So like, why would we get dressed separately? It's not like, mm -hmm. and he's just like, no, babe, we're doing it separate. Like <laughs> <laughs> that is one part. I just love the idea of us getting dressed up separately with our families. And then what we kind of envision, because even the processional order is different, right? Like who do you stand or for both? Like, do you sit for one and stand for the other? Do they walk up together? So what we kind of decided on is, I, I think he, him and his mom are going to walk towards the middle and me and my parents would walk towards the middle and then we would walk in front of them and then walk down kind of in front of our, our yeah. parents um, to the altar together is kind of like what we envision. But I, I do want there to be like a first look element because I get chills just thinking about him and his tuck standing up there. Oh, <laughs> nice. I yeah, love I that. Think, I think we're going to do first look as well, but here's the problem though. So... I was very adamant. I've been to a lot of weddings. I've seen a lot of like brides and grooms and grooms and grooms miss out on the cocktail hour because they're doing all those photos. So we decided that we are going to do photos first before anything. Yep. And there will be a first look there, I guess. But we will do that. So that way we don't miss cocktail hour and we don't miss seeing people and we don't miss like all the good stuff. And by good stuff, I mean food. So <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to that's definitely something that we want to do. Like, take a note of that, babe. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, because we even talked about like, we're like, do we do photos like the, like a week early and just you, go, you and I go like because I'm the same way like we just want to get to the dancing like we have a lot of my family and his family like there are a lot there's a lot of characters that we just need to get to the dance totally I'm <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's a good point though I've just seen so many you're like okay so now this side of the family and then this family and then these three people and then each bridesmaid and I'm like it's you know what your wedding you do your thing we're here for you but like that's not happening at ours at all oh yes we do have advice for you guys. So our, our wedding planners have been absolutely amazing and literally held our hands the entire way because I was like, I can't have 20 options. I need two or three. It's just the way I work. And like, so they've been amazing and all the big stuff first, right? So all the things that are going to take the whole day that you have to book first, like the caterer, like the photographer, like the people that will be with you from morning until evening. So that was their advice. So we booked all of that stuff first. And then we went into catering, which was very exciting because they had worked with this uh, amazing vendor and we're going for our tasting next 
next month. Ooh, so excited. Are you, are you guys doing plated or buffet? We just like smorgasbord. Like I'm a buffet girl. So like we had to have like the option of, of not the actual buffet where everybody's touching the, the spoons and the things because we are in a oh, pandemic scale. Good call. I didn't but even think about when that. When you sit down at the table, there will be like certain plates of everything for everybody there. So... That's actually really smart. Yeah, we we were planning on buffet, but you're right. We totally have to take into consideration. Maybe there's someone serving or something that we need to do yeah. because yeah. It, it's a, a grab and go won't necessarily work during a pandemic. This is actually where I think working with a planner, if you can manage it, especially during the pandemic, can make such a huge difference because okay. helping navigate through some of those real considerations that are very different than they would be normally is where that expertise really comes into play. So it's certainly something that we've been just really fortunate and lucky to to have. Yeah. And then, I mean, but you guys seem like you have such a good handle on it, right? And and have such a clear idea of like, you know, what you want. So it's more about like, how do you get what you want? Our venue also, and one of the reasons we chose the venue was that they provide two day of coordinators and then one coordinator that's with you the whole duration. Maybe. So that for us was kind of like a that was a huge bonus because mm-hmm. I like the, you know, when the day comes, I don't want to be focused on anything besides him. So right. make the flowers perfect. And if they're not, <laughs> you'll hear about it tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. He says that now, but we're going to need to convince him of that on the wedding day that he needs to relax. <laughs> Our wedding planner also has like very different versions of what wedding planning is. They have a soup to nuts version. They have like a month before version. They have a day, you know, the week of version. So um, I also think there's good compromise. If you can't afford a full planner, if you don't want a full planner, um, you know, like you, you said you definitely want somebody there the day of. A lot of venues do supply that, but a lot a lot of venues don't. So it's something to think about, I think, as well. Yeah. yeah. I have one more question, which is thinking ahead, especially since you're getting married in 2022, what is the first thing that you're going to do as a couple when the world is actually back to normal? Oh, gosh. I feel... You know, it sounds simple, but I want to go to a restaurant and get a bottle of wine and eat a lot of good food. That's what I'm most excited yeah. about. We are with you. We'll do it with you. Second that Gosh. emotion. I think also we've been talking about doing a big Europe trip for the last like couple of years. So I think that's like besides the bottle of wine eating outside, which I hope never goes away. I always want to eat outside from now on. But it's definitely a big like doing a big trip where we just get to have PK's parents come out and watch our dog for a while and we can go. <laughs> the dog man. exactly the same for us. We are big travelers. And so we are itching. I'm just, I'm really excited for the little things again too. Like I love the outdoor eating. We, we really enjoyed that over the summer when things were like uh, a bit, you know, lighter and better, but I would just love to sit inside without thinking about a pandemic, you know, yes. just like sit inside with friends at a restaurant and like, open multiple bottles of wine and yeah. eat the entire I'll take one of each on the menu thank you so much so one of the things that um that we love to do uh, mm-hmm. for those who know us is to play games and so we're going to play a little fun game with you guys a little rapid fire version uh, of a game called would you rather would you rather get married barefoot on the beach or in a formal ceremony in a castle Oh, I'm formal ceremony castle. I'm barefoot on a beach. (laughs) All right. That's why we're having like a a nice winery venue, but with barbecue. Yeah. Fair enough. There's compromise. That's compromise. It was a good marriage. (laughs) David? Would you rather splurge on the wedding catering or the music? Music. Music. Mm -hmm. 
Hands I had down. a feeling that was going to be. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. You guys, because are it, it's it's wedding food. I mean, even if the food's meh, people don't care if the party's fun. You know, I, got it. I said the same thing. You don't look back at a wedding and go, "Wow, that that dinner was so good." You know, yeah. that's wait. That's so funny though. I've never heard anybody say wedding food. It's almost like it's not quite hospital food, but it's wedding. <laughs> it's like it can be good, but it's never going to be. You know. Never going to be five star. Yeah, you're, well, you're right. cooking for Unless 130 you're, people, kind of thing. Yeah, like oh, the temperature. Right. It's not. Right. It's going to be lukewarm. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm not even going to eat anyway. So who cares? Exactly. Fully cooked. Check. Exactly. Although I heard, I mean, that's what all of our friends have told us: is make time to eat. Everyone yeah. says that because I mean, I don't want to be drinking that champagne and then right. you know not not able to <laughs> like, dance. So on what the happened at the wedding? Yeah, that's right. Especially <laughs> at a at a at a winery where the temptations run deep. Yes, yeah, exactly. Would you rather have a three-month-long engagement or a three-year engagement? Three-year. Three-year. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You go places. You get to say you're engaged. I mean, you got to soak it up. Oh, we're, and by the way, another tip for everyone, just every time you go anywhere, tell people you're engaged and <laughs> you get free stuff every time. So <laughs> when, when everything was opened up over the summer, every, everywhere we went, we'd be like, oh, we just got engaged. And they'd be like, oh, here's a glass of wine. It's like, great. Let's do this. Let's go to the next restaurant down the street. <laughs> we're just going to be doing that for years after we get married. <laughs> okay. Last one. Register for items in person or peruse product pages online. In person. In person, yeah. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say online. I just want that little gun that you can go scan everything. I'm the I, My list is going to be ridiculously long of weird stuff, but I just want to scan things. I know. Well, now, well, we have the app. So we, we went on to Crate and Barrel and we like, you scan the barcode with your phone now because we're... 2021, I guess. Um, but no, but you you can scan and then the product will show up, which is great. So we just added a bunch of stuff on our phones in the app. And then we went home and like, really, we've been kind of like skimming off. Well, I've been skimming off and been like, <laughs> I don't think we need this. And oh, I need this. So mm-hmm. I, I think a little bit of both. <laughs> I, I love that. We were actually just on Crate and Barrel the other day and we were like, we want this waffle maker. We want, you know, these wine glasses, these champagne flutes. Like there's just so many little things that I'm just like, the list is already too long. I'm like, babe, we're not going to get any of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we definitely added the Breville to our list for the group fund. Sherry. That's right. Espresso, espresso for one and all. Well, David's an espresso guy and I'm a coffee girl. So, you know, we need a little bit of both. Yeah. To my yang. Yep. Yeah, um, I always say I'm a champagne gal instead. So. <laughs> we can have a separate podcast about champagne, and we hope we hope we get to with the two of you, y'all. This has been such a great and informative and rich discussion. We so appreciate having you with us, and we are just so excited for what's to come for you guys. And enjoy the wedding planning. Thank, Thank you for having, you for having us. Thank you. With that, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. And when we come back, we'll be hearing from a special bonus guest who's going to give us some expert wedding planning advice. Stay tuned. Planning a wedding in a pandemic is a lot, but there's still one part of wedding planning that should be fun. Not the engagement photos again. (laughs) (laughs) No, the registry. Crate and Barrel is the place to find timeless pieces you'll love forever. You mean I can finally get that barbecue smoker? We'll talk about that. Whether you're movie buffs, wine lovers, or budding home chefs, Crate and Barrel can help you create a wedding registry that's undeniably yours. Plus, they offer one-on-one expertise and sample registries created by real couples that make it so easy to get inspired. The smoker is easy. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Okay, then how about the beer glasses? (laughs) Okay, fine. Let's add it to the registry. 
Our special bonus guest today is Shannon Gale, who's been planning weddings for 13 years as owner of Shannon Gale Events. Shannon, we're so thrilled to have a true wedding expert here to answer all of our questions. We're so glad to have you. Hi, thank you. I am so excited to be here. So thank you. Lots of questions, lots of questions for our listeners. We've got, you know, for all the wedding planners out there. <laughs> yes. Um, so tell us how you you decided that you wanted to be a wedding planner, because it must be like the most stressful job. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've seen some of those studies where it's like way, way high on the stress level with like jobs that I would consider to be incredibly important, which does not surprise me. It is. But I think, honestly, I took a little bit of the unpopular approach to becoming a wedding and event planner. Honestly, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur before I knew I wanted to be a wedding planner specifically. Mm. I, I went to school for finance and at the time, which was 13 years ago, and honestly, probably still now, there was just this huge glaring hole in the market for event planners who you know, specifically had a deep understanding of the financial management component of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and really approaching a a large wedding or large corporate event as an investment. You know, people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on the process. And it just is, it's so much more stress-free and enjoyable when you can set the proper financial foundation. So that is how I approached it. And I opened the company then and, and the rest was history. I mean, that job, I always think like we have our wedding planners. I'm like, you guys have to work all your weekends. Like David and I live <laughs> for weekends. And then yeah. there's like you guys who like have to work on weekends. And probably during the summer, it's like, you know, every Friday and Saturday is just completely taken up. <laughs> it is. I mean, I'm very grateful to now have a team. So I am not, you know, hustling quite as much as I was when I first started with just myself. Um, but it's also seasonal. So, you know, you really do put in incredible hours. Um, I mean, it's seasonal depending on where you live. Here in Chicago, <laughs> it's certainly right. seasonal. Um, you know, So currently we have way less going on, you know, than we do sort of spring through fall. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, okay. Talk to us about 2020 weddings. (laughs) So, yes, I mean, it's it's been an interesting year and I know you guys know firsthand what that's like. And I'm excited to talk to you both just because we can, you know, be super open and sometimes more than, you know, we can be with a client. But yes, I mean, we have had couples sort of on all ends of the spectrum really navigating this landscape in in different directions. But all in all, I mean, we postponed about 85% of our weddings for 2020. So I mean, it's been an incredible juxtaposition from previous years, you know, and then of course, the weddings that still took place looked incredibly different than the initial plan. So it was a lot of postponing and a lot of replanning. You know, we started just sort of visiting each client separately and and taking that time to understand what factors are at play for you as a couple, because, right. you know, the pandemic was maybe the common thread, but every couple had such different factors, you know, uh, elderly grandparents, family traveling internationally, maybe they're ready to start a family. So the timeline was, you know, a little bit more important. So we right. just had to take it, you know, literally each one of those separately, understand the factors just give advice based solely on their, you know, unique set of factors. So in many cases, you know, it was mitigating risk and pushing it out an entire year at least. Mm. So you talked about the decisions to push. When you make those decisions and people are reconsidering uh, new dates and new options, how do you counsel them about what a wedding should even look like uh, in the pandemic and in this situation? 
sure. Yeah. So for the majority of people, as you mentioned, postponement is where they landed. (laughs) Okay. So if I understand correctly, you both are planning for a 2021 wedding, correct? That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, obviously now we see just all in all the landscape of 2021 is is much more packed with weddings. But, you know, if postponement was where our couples landed, it was definitely, you know, our role was much more of that jumping in for logistics management. You know, it became all about, okay, we need to reach out to your entire team of professionals. We need to (laughs) regather available dates um, and just kind of realign. It was almost back to the basics of aligning availability, looking at contract policies. Were we able to postpone? Were there fees involved? And then really kind of getting everything together in one really buttoned up package for the couple. The end goal being we want them to, you know, in maybe a week or two, be able to take a deep breath, have that new date, have their team of professionals and be kind of at that same point they were when we made the shift and, and really try to shorten that period of insanity for them so that they can relax. <laughs> well, that's very kind. That's what wedding planners are for, right? Exactly. <laughs> to relieve all right. the stress. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely learned that, um, you know, in just beginning to plan a wedding in 2020, uh, in the middle of this, you know, cr- these crazy circumstances that flexibility was going to be key for us. Flexibility yes. in terms of finances, in terms of deposits, in terms of um, date and vendors, like we just had to, you know, know that the wedding that we're going in to plan could very much not be the wedding that ends up being what, you know, on the day. I think that flexibility is such a key word that you mentioned because, you know, it's something that not all couples come into with a great deal of. It just mm-hmm. depends on kind of where each specific couple's boundaries lie. What type of risk are they willing to take on in terms of money management, time management, you know, guest count and things like that, and, and sort of setting those boundaries and saying, what's a non-negotiable for us that would maybe, you know, require us to postpone again? And what elements are things that we're okay being open-minded about? Right. So this weekend, we are planning to write out our save the dates, create them and send them out. It's very exciting. That is quite stressful. (laughs) I'm sure. I know. There's so many decisions to be made. Because along with the save the dates comes really finalizing your registry or starting your registry and also finalizing the guest list in a way. So we're we're really excited about it, but it definitely brings up a lot of different questions. Definitely. I'm sure. And I think the thing we've been struggling with is how do we figure out both like how to estimate who's going to drop off, who's going to show up, but also thinking about like given that the wedding could be 25 people for us, 50 people, 100 people, right? There's different permutations given the mm-hmm. pandemic. Like how do we even start to think about our tiers one, two, and three and how we even approach? Well, Shannon, for context, we are Excel planners. <laughs> oh, so, I love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> so everything <laughs> we've done is, you know, uh, obviously the guest list would be 500 people if we could have everybody that we mm-hmm. loved and and has touched us in, in the many years. But it's obviously not that. And we chose to have an intimate wedding of 100 people, you know, pandemic or not. And so we've tiered one, all the must invites and the people that we really ideally want there. And then tier two, which is like the close seconds that you wish could be there, but uh, obviously if you had more space. And then the tier threes, which are like still very important people that obviously it's just, it is what it is, tier three. Like David said, is like, do you send out the save the dates to all the tiers? Do you send them to the tier ones? Like how do, what would your advice be? So my personal advice, um, and I certainly have been sharing this with, you know, our clientele is 
I would always rather extend an invitation than retract one. And in my mind, a save the date is always, it's it's almost what I would consider just a traditional courtesy. A save the date is not a necessity. Um, we've had clients who have been on short timelines for many, many reasons pre-pandemic who have opted to skip the save the date altogether. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, I would go through and I would really ed- edit your tier one and, and really consider each guest separately. Don't consider it, okay, these are all of our favorite people on one list. I would consider your tier one more so who are the people that we, you know, of course you have those people who the close mm-hmm. family, they're going to be on that list, but who is actually going to attend? Who do you know is going to attend? That is almost your tier one because those are the people that if you go through that list and for you, it's 75 people. Okay, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what, barring some sort of oddity, there's very likely no reason that these 75 people will not be here. That I think is where sort of a tier one, you know, should go. And then maybe you can take 15 people off of that, you know, tier two. But yeah, I would then, you know, once I edit it, I would send save the dates only to that, you know, tier Mm -hmm. one. And it might be that you're not even sending save the dates to 100 people. You don't have to send it to 120 and expect that 20% drop off. It doesn't have to be that way because people will surprise Mm you. (laughs) Um, But I'd rather keep the save the dates intimate and then have that flexibility, you know, to to go further. And you could even, you know, this is a little bit more of a modern way of doing things, but you could even sort of take a pulse point on that guest list from to save the date um, by potentially having a website where you can sort of gauge, you know, whether or not people will come and and have sort of an RSVP date be very early. And that just allows you that time to do that mm. second tier. You might even send out your invitations to the first tier much earlier than any website would tell you to. That's okay. I mean, times are very different. Get those RSVPs early and that way you can extend that second round without it feeling rushed to you or to the person receiving that invitation potentially weeks before the wedding. Right. I love that. And I love the idea that you use the word intimacy in relationship to the save the dates. I'd never thought about that Mm -hmm. word being used to describe that. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, look at it as when you receive it, it's okay for many people. It's okay. Let's not plan a vacation during this time. Or, you know, it's, it's more of that courtesy of, hey, plan for this date. It doesn't necessarily mean if you don't send one that they're not going to be available right. or that you can't relay to like friends who it's totally cool to send a text to. Mm. <laughs> it's again, that traditional courtesy is how I would think of it talking about wedding planning and wedding planners, like, you know, your job is to really bring a lot of things to the table and organize in a way so that like, you know, couples have three options instead of 20 and, Mm -hmm. you know, have just help like guidance, right? In a way, like our wedding planners have really made every other step like very, very easy for us. But, you know, when it comes to the guest list, like they can't help us on that front. Um, They can give us advice like you have on in terms of like how to send things out and how to kind of um, word things. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's really, that's really on us. And that's really important. So it just, it's become in the forefront of our minds that for <laughs> sure. this weekend because yes. the dates are soon. So. But, I, but I will also say that I think the process of going through the invite list uh, and really thinking about thinking thinking through that uh, has helped us to sharpen our thinking, right? Like mm-hmm. I think it's actually been a thought process, an active process of really thinking through what matters most, which I think has been pretty valuable for us. Absolutely. And that's something that truly across the board has come from this pandemic and realizing that, yes, maybe, you know, so much is changing in terms of what 
a wedding might exactly look like. But I mean, the fundamental cores of core values of, you know, what a wedding stands for, you know, celebrating love and commitment, that's not changing. So there are absolutely some positives that have come out of this. It's just sometimes hard to see through all of the logistics and changes. Yeah. Right. One question for you. So I, I imagine for your client and for you, the, the process of actually planning the wedding and the things that you would go through with them, mm-hmm. right? The journey that you would go through uh, has shifted in some substantial ways because of the pandemic. I'm curious, like what can couples uh, focus on that still makes it feel like they're getting the full experience of the planning process amidst the pandemic? Truly, one thing that I think is very interesting from all of this, I would say our number one piece of advice pre-pandemic, you know, post-pandemic or now is to truly sit down with your fiance and outline your priorities. I mean, like pen and paper, sit Mm -hmm. down, you know, and write down what are my top three priorities and what are your top three priorities. And that is something that we have always practiced. However, it's even more important now because we're working with couples who have done this sort of process with us. And then, you know, three months down the road, we've postponed and we're actually asking them to do it again. (sighs) It's so huge in identifying, you know, what's important to you both sort of jointly or individually and then figuring out, okay, based on our priorities, what are we willing to be flexible with and what are we absolutely not? What are our absolute non-negotiables? Yep. Um, and that allows you, you know, sort of within the current landscape to understand, are we okay if this looks a little bit different? Is it a reduced guest count or mask wearing or no dance floor, you know, depending on your state's regulations? But, right. you know, pre or post pandemic, it's where do we want to allocate more of our funds and resources? Are we complete foodies? And, you know, we care so right. much about, you know, the food element. So, Identify those. And from there, whether you're planning during a pandemic or not, you are still going to enjoy it. So you're still going to focus on those top three priorities for both of you. Um, You know, if it's food, you're going to dive in. Yes, it might look a little bit different, but, you know, you may have less guests and that may allow you to completely blow out the food department, you know, even more so and, you know, have multiple courses and, you know, do something a little bit more different um, than you were going to when you had to sort of stretch your funds out over 200 guests. So, you know, I think the focus should remain on your priorities, no matter when you're planning. That way, you're still enjoying the process and the other factors are completely outliers. Ooh, I like that idea. We can, uh, we can cut the business <laughs> in half and then double the food budget. That sounds <laughs> There's your uh, my dream. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so as an event and wedding planner, what is one entertaining item you would recommend couples to register for? Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I There's just, I mean, everything. There's so many things. But I think <laughs> if I had to absolutely choose one, I would choose like a gorgeous drink dispenser. I think that is one of those things that Ooh. nobody purchase nobody purchases in college or when you're, you know, in your bachelor pad or like, it's really the perfect item for the registry and now that I have one, I have found so many uses for it. I mean, I literally use it for everything. I marinate my sangria in there with fruit. I infuse vodka uh, for the holidays. Mm-hmm. I even pop like cucumber or lemons in there just for water. My husband and I both work from home right now. So we just have like some water in there for the day. But so again, so many uses. Um, And Crate and Barrel has this great one called the stacking drink dispenser. So you can have two different things going on at the same time. And it's it's literally my favorite thing in my entire writing this down right now sounds awesome (laughs) it it seriously is i mean i i really do use it for so many different things and i'm just thankful that i have it but i would not have purchased it for myself so the registry is the place to go 
Ooh, I love this one. Okay, well, we're adding that to the register. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! All right. So uh, we've been asking you so many wonderful questions and you've been giving us such good advice. Um, but we want to hear what our pop sugar readers are thinking about as well. So um, let's answer some reader questions. We're going to give you some um, that people have submitted and we would love to hear your advice. I can't wait. Let's hear them. I've had to reschedule my wedding twice due to COVID-19 and we're now set for May 2021. We have all of our vendors, but I'm hesitant to plan any of the final details because I've had to change course so many times already. How long can I wait to see how things shake out? Okay. First of all, oh my gosh, I feel for this couple who's had to postpone twice. (laughs) Oh my gosh, poor thing. Okay. Yes. So my advice is is absolutely going to echo a few of the things that I've, you know, offered up sort of um, just speaking prior, but this is such a personal decision. I would exactly what I just mentioned. I would sit down. I would reset your priorities because you guys have rescheduled twice. Your priority, you know, last year or whenever you made that first postponement might be very different right now. You might say, you know what? We're just ready to get married right now. That's our priority. We want to move on. Maybe we're ready to start a family. We just kind of want to, you know, move forward with this, even if it means, you know, changing the initial vision. And that is completely okay. So I would sit down. I would, I would do that. And then I would determine from that, you know, kind of what's your risk level? How much risk are you willing to assume? For some people, they're totally okay going to bed at night, unsure if this wedding is going to happen in May of 2021 or not, you know, but some people that literally eats them up and it's just not possible. So, you know, look at that. What type of people are you? The same decision for, you know, one couple is not the same for another and it shouldn't be. So as much as you want to, you know, see what your friends are doing that are engaged Look inside first and figure out what is best, you know, for you guys. Are you comfortable if the wedding might look a little bit different? You know, if people are in masks, are you okay with that? If, you know, there's not a dance floor and it becomes a really cool extended dinner party, you know, do you find value in that? Or is that something that you absolutely don't want? So, you know, I would use that first to determine, you know, are we moving forward with this no matter what? Or are there some, you know, really set non-negotiables that if that is still part of the restricted, um, you know, event boundaries that it's just an, it's a no go for us. So I would start there and make that decision now. So you're not waiting. You know, I, I, I wouldn't want them to keep waiting, 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 unsure. So take that pressure off of yourself. And, you know, by setting those boundaries and really knowing what's important to you, you can compare that to what things look like five to six weeks out from the wedding and be confident in your decision. I definitely would not be postponing twice. There would just be, right. there, would, there would not be a postponement. <laughs> right. And, I, we, and in that half, half, you know? like, yeah, half of our clients feel exactly that way. And there's another half that, you know, it is, it's just that that vision of 250 people on a dance floor without masks is of the utmost priority. And so in that case, you know, I say, okay, well, let's postpone now. Why, you know, right. why every morning wake up and worry about whether or not that vision is going to happen for you. If that's your priority, then we are, we need to go to next year and not even worry about it, you know, right. and this is your celebration of love. So it needs to look and feel and the process needs to be what you're comfortable with. I love that focus on looking inside and thinking about your priorities. I think one of the things we've talked about is we want to get married in 2021. And yeah. if that has to look different, right, a micro wedding or a smaller version of the wedding, uh, we're totally house, happy to whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are many paths that we think could be great, but um, we'd really like to do it sometime this year, whatever 
the best form is that that can take. Um, so that's definitely something we've, you know, we've really thought about and has been an important way yep. for us to look inside and think about our priorities. All right. Next one. Um, I just got engaged and we'd always thought we'd have a relatively short engagement, but planning a wedding now seems so stressful with all the uncertainty around events. Should I even bother starting to plan now or hit pause until things start to change? Great question. That is a great question. And, you know, again, this is so personal. So the opinion that I am sharing is certainly my own. Um, I mean, if you're asking if there's less risk involved by waiting, I would say yes, there's certainly less risk involved with waiting a little bit longer. If what your heart is set on is a wedding that feels like it did and looks like it did, you know, prior to 2020. So, you know, of course, if, if that's kind of what's going on, then yes, I, I think, you know, for people who have that option to choose, waiting is going to mitigate that risk for you. However, you know, you mentioned in your question that you've always thought that you'd have a shorter engagement. I truthfully feel, you know, that if that's your priority, then I would just go with it. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, just embrace the differences of what this may look like. Um, I also said previously about sort of this extended dinner party, but, you know, a wedding does not have to be you know, cocktail hour, or ceremony, cocktail hour, dinner right. dancing. Right. That's just what it has been, right? right? But who cares? I had my cocktail hour before my ceremony um, because I just thought that would be cool yeah. and everyone would be, you know, sort Full of- and happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, everybody, you know, everyone had, their, uh, everyone had their drinks actually during our ceremony. So it was just a little bit more modern and different. And it felt like sort of coming to my husband and I's home at the time and how we entertained. Mm. So, you know, if, if again, if the short engagement is your priority, embrace, you know, what's different right now and don't let it be stressful. Embrace the uncertainty, embrace what it might look like, find the positive and have a day that's uniquely you guys. And, and, and I think what you're saying too, is it's not just about, it's about taking the idea that this is your day, your experience, and not necessarily viewing this as like a paint by numbers experience. Like mm -hmm. I think when people approach wedding planning, especially if they're starting out, there's a kind of roadmap that they sort of think that they have to follow. And some of that may be right, but some of that really can change, uh, including yes. what you're talking about with a wedding. Of course. And I, and of course, I don't mean, you know, we need to stray from every fabulous tradition that's been set for hundreds of years, but, you know, there's a way to make it yours, embrace the traditional elements that you like, bring in some things, you know, that, that maybe are much, you know, much more different and very mm -hmm. you guys. But ultimately, I think one thing that, 2020 is going to do for weddings is just completely shake up the norm. And I think that is actually needed. Um, you know, I really, really do. Yeah, I agree. We love breaking tradition. So <laughs> <laughs> we really do. And I think that's a, it's a silver lining of this moment, right? There's so many hardships that come with this, but there's some, there's some really interesting silver linings that I think come with uh, planning a wedding during this time is actually shaking things up and thinking outside the box. Right. Uh, I agree 100%. Shannon, thank you so much for all of your incredible advice and uh, taking the time to chat with us. Yes. This is so helpful. And, you know, we wish you the best of luck in the 2021 wedding season. And uh, we are just grateful to chat with you today. Thank you so much. And congratulations to both of you. I know it's going to be lovely and I've so enjoyed this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of Love These Days by Pop Sugar is sponsored by Crate and Barrel Wedding Registry. Plates and bowls, bath time and candles, cocktails and movie night. Make your home undeniably yours with a Crate and Barrel Registry. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Love These Days by Pop Sugar. 